Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson, host of the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. You know, I can hardly believe that we are just two weeks away from this year's By the Brook event. And we here at the Rising Above office have had the best time planning this event to encourage moms and female caregivers of individuals with special needs and chronic illness. And we so hope that you are making plans to join us. Now, if you want to learn more, just go to our website, risingaboveministries.org. You can also find all of the information through our app. So be sure to check it out. And we hope that you are making plans to be with us for this year's By the Brook event. It's going to be fabulous. Now, my guest today is Ivana Sandusky, and she is a wife and mother of two children, and in May, she and her husband celebrated their 18th wedding anniversary. She has a son, Elijah, who's 11, and she has a daughter, JC, who is 15, and JC has Down syndrome and several other health conditions that affect her heart and lungs. And Ivana writes about her family's experiences and her thoughts about faith on her blog, A Special Purposed Life. She also has a book out called Badges of Motherhood, which you can get through Amazon. I know you're going to love getting to know more about Ivana and her family. Ivana, thank you so much for joining me today for the Rising of a Podcast. I am so excited to get to have this conversation with you. Yes, thanks for having me. Now, I know you and I have run into each other at different conferences over the years at disability conferences, disability ministry conferences. And, you know, I don't know that we actually have ever had a conversation until today. I know we've seen each other. I'm sure we've said hello, but I don't know that we've actually had a conversation. So I'm excited to get to have this conversation today and get to know more about you. I think you're right. The conferences keep kind of keep you busy. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you were across from your table was set up across from ours a couple of years ago at the conference in Ohio. And uh, we saw each other, but again, it's hard when, when you're working your table, it is hard to have conversations with other people, unfortunately. So yeah, for sure. Now, if you had cookies, I would have came. Uh, over I had chocolate. <laughs> I had chocolate, but no cookies. And that is funny when you have, when you have candies or food on your table, people do come by more, especially if it's chocolate. That's what we discovered. Yeah. They want the mints. They want the chocolate. So dove chocolate to be precise. Well, tell us a little bit about your family and where you live and uh, tell us about your crew. All right. Well, I live in Southern Illinois. Whoop, whoop. Um, <laughs> I'm sure none of you have traveled here for a vacation, but well, uh, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe so. You never know. Yeah. Um, I've been married to my husband, Jason. We just celebrated our 18th wedding. Wow, anniversary. Congratulations on that. Yes. So exciting. And we have two children. I have uh, a son, Elijah. He's 11 years old and he loves music. He plays a saxophone and guitar. And wow. of course he loves electronics, uh, Nintendo and all that good stuff too. And then my daughter, JC, she's 15. She plays the tambourine in the duo here and she dabbles in a drum, but very loudly. Mm. <laughs> uh, she loves her iPad. So they have their own devices. We don't have to fight that way. That's smart but, move. Yes, that is definitely needed these days, especially when you're home a lot. Yes. Um, JC has Down syndrome. She's minimally verbal. 
She's had a lot of health issues in the past, some things related to Down syndrome, some things not. And, um, but beyond that, I'm a speech language pathologist working with children with disabilities and delays. And mm. I'm also a co-director of our church's special needs ministry. So okay, so have a I, hat and everything. I was going to say, uh, do you ever get a break? Do you, <laughs> when do you, uh, when do you breathe in the midst of all of that? So I have one world. It's special needs world. I'm in yeah. it all the time. <laughs> I hear you. I, I live that life too. So I know exactly, I know what you mean there. So, well, you know, look back, think back to those early years when your, your daughter was born. Now, did you know about the Down syndrome before she was born or did you find out at birth? We found out at birth back in 2006, it was still the grainy black and white mm-hmm. ultrasound. So her heart defect that was pretty significant was not found until birth wow. or her Down syndrome. Wow. So what was that like for you? Um, as a young mom, and this was your first child, right? So when you, when you gave birth, you found out what's going on. What was that like for you in those early years? It was stressful and shocking. Mm -hmm. I, I did not know it was possible to have a child with down syndrome when you're in your Mm twenties. Obviously I know that now, right? but at the time, it wasn't even on my radar. Mm-hmm. I was worried about other things, but right. not Down syndrome at all. So it was a shock. It took me a long time to process it for far long than I would care to admit, mm-hmm. <laughs> but really probably eight months to a year. It was kind of that long of dealing with it and, and recognizing this is lifelong and kind of working through all those things mm-hmm. that everybody works through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that you talk about a lot about the traumatic medical emergencies and things that you've gone through and in and out of the hospital. And, you know, I know from my own experiences with my late husband, how those traumatic experiences of, are we going to the hospital today or what's going to happen? It, it just takes a toll on you as a caregiver and, um, you know, it affects each one of us in a unique and different way. And how have you learned over the years to navigate those emotions and those feelings that come along when you're faced with another medical crisis? Yeah, I I first want to say we've just celebrated this week of JC being hospital free for two years. Wow. So we are like on cloud nine. We're so excited. We are feeling so blessed. But the first 13 years of her life was just I mean, she's been in the hospital 30 something times and then a lots of those admissions included time in the ICU. So it was very chaotic. I just said on Facebook the other day, I've had to learn how to not live in chaos all the time. As crazy as yeah, that sounds, no, I get it, get it. it's been an adjustment because you, uh, one day her breathing is fine. The next day she's got a cold symptom and And I don't know if she'll be fine in the next week or if she's suddenly going to plummet and turn blue and we're kicking it into high gear. So I've I've had to deal with a lot of stress and anxiety and fears Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. And it's it is uh, difficult to to navigate all those things when you're in crisis mode as well. Yeah, it's it's tough. And then when you have another child as well and you're trying to navigate, you know, their care and then navigating who's going to be in the hospital with your child who has special needs. It's, it's chaotic um, at best. And are there some strategies or things you've learned along the way that 
have helped you personally process through those stressful moments? I think our number one strategy, just like in our marriage mm-hmm. has been, we give each other a lot of grace. Yes. <laughs> we know yes. we're going to say some things that are not nice. Yeah. We're both under a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. We're going to be annoyed with each other. Um, we may not agree on the decision. I'm always quicker to want to go to the hospital because I'm stressed out and I want somebody else to look at her and like mm-hmm. take over right. the care where my husband's usually like, let's give another hour. Let's see how she is in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, and so then I'm up all night being anxious about it. So we have some disagreements about that over the years. So mm-hmm. we do give each other grace. We both have said things in those chaotic moments that were not nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not godly. Yeah. And, but we kind of, we've learned to forgive and move on and recognize mm-hmm. what it is that we're under a lot of stress. So mm-hmm. I think that's been the one thing in our marriage that's helped for me personally, obviously my relationship with God mm-hmm. and knowing that I can't do anything without him and I can't mm-hmm. handle all of the pressures without that relationship. I need to hear his voice. I need to know what he's thinking about all of this. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of a few years ago made a packed, I guess, if you will, with myself mm-hmm. that whenever we get home from the hospital, I need to go get prayer with somebody. I need mm. to talk with somebody. Wow. That's great. And sometimes I don't feel like it. Like sometimes you want to be in your pity party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you can probably understand this. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how to really explain that, except sometimes, you know, you need prayer and you you don't want it, but yeah. I've learned, I got to like fight through that feeling. And just like, when you go to the hospital, we got to get prayer. Like, let's do this. And do you have someone in particular that you go to, to pray with during that time? I've had a few close friends that I text back and forth with when we're in those hospital mm-hmm emergency kind of thing. Sometimes we're not always at church at the same time. I go to a pretty big church with different services, different times, you know, like two services in the morning. So, um, usually no, I, when I, when it's in person prayer, it's just who's ever around and they may know me or they may not know me. So, Mm -hmm. wow, that's, that's great. And, but you know, I mean, I think that's so wonderful that, you know, this is part of your processing through these traumatic things. And so for you, that works. I think that's, that's so, so wise to be able to know that. And then to know how to push through um, when you're in those hard times, like you said, sometimes you don't want to do it. I mean, I know when, when you, when you are in those crisis moments, that seems like, uh, you know, you're, we're tired and weary and exhausted. And it's like, that's one more thing, but it's life-giving for you when you do that. And so I think that's wonderful that you see that and you do what you need to do to help you process through. Yeah. And I think in prayer, you have to look at yourself when you're going up and you're being vulnerable and you're saying, I'm struggling. My kids went through this, this, and I'm not handling it. Well, you are opening yourself up to what's going to happen next Mm -hmm. (laughs) is, am I going to have to be up here crying at the altar over this and kind of sitting and dwelling in what has happened and processing mm-hmm. for me early on, a coping strategy was okay. That happened. Like, I'm going to try not to think about it. Right. That doesn't work. Well, let right. me tell you a lot of yeah. stuff bottles up and just becomes hidden junk that you just don't deal with, but it affects you. Yeah. It ends up coming out in other ways when we least expect it. So yeah, 
That is great. Well, now we have spent many, many months in and out of the hospital um, with my late husband and with my son. You've spent many, many months <laughs> over your life in and out of the hospital with your daughter. You know, and every time we've had a hospital stay, I walk away with so many God stories, ways that, you know, it, something happens and you're like, okay, that was a God wink. That's God going, you know, I see you. I have not forgotten you. And it, usually it's through people um, that he sends our way, a special nurse, or this last time my son was in the hospital, it was actually the, the sweet lady who came in in the mornings to clean his room. And she and I just would strike up conversations. And it was just all along the way, every time there's been something that's happened that's just been God going, I see you. Have you, do you have any stories from some of your hospital stays for when you're like, okay, that's God and that it helps you get through that hard season? Oh yeah, definitely. I've got a lot of those. Probably the one that sticks out in my mind the most was 2015. I can remember the year because <laughs> she was getting ready to go on a ventilator. She was mm. in the ICU, her wow. respiratory status was just declining and she had been on a vent before for a respiratory issue. So I knew by looking at what she was on her, her vitals, wow. I knew what was coming. Nobody had to tell me. And it was two, three, four o'clock in the morning. And I'm just praying and like, God, I don't want to see her on a ventilator again. I don't want to go through this again. I don't want her to go through it again. When you, when you get put on a ventilator and you're a small child, they sedate you, which means they're giving you heavy drugs that you've got to be weaned off of. Um, they try to give you a paralytic drug so she won't move, so she won't pull it out. There's just a lot to it, feeding tubes, you know. It, it, the recovery is much longer plus scary because if you are on the ventilator, there's nothing left. Like that's your last right. support. So I'm up in the middle of the night, thinking about all these things, knowing what's coming, just praying, praying against it. Like really, you know, don't let us get on the ventilator. Let a miracle happen. Jesus. Right. And my husband was not feeling well. He had the same virus as her, but not near sick. Obviously he was at the hotel. And so I didn't want to call him panicking, but I was up with my thoughts and my friend texted me at like four thirty-five in the morning. Wow. And it was a scripture. And she said something like, whatever is going to happen, God says it's going to be okay. And to trust in him. And if she needs more support or less, he'll be with you and don't be afraid of it. Something to the extent wow. of that. Okay. I got, I got God bumps, you know, oh, I know. Yeah. It was oh, wow. like no one knew we were in that state. No mm -hmm. one, not my parents, not anybody, because I hadn't told a soul yet. I was dealing with this all on my own. And of course, in the morning, I was going to let everybody know, but oh my gosh, that was so much peace because I was scared to see her go that route again. And so that was shout out to my friend, Amanda, for hearing what I needed to hear. <laughs> and what I think is so neat, Amanda, you know, God was speaking to her saying, okay, she needs to hear this message. And she at four 30 took the time to send you that. I think, I think that's the beautiful part is like, you know, you needed that, but your friend knew you needed that and was willing to, um, it's just a, a reminder to me that when God places somebody on my heart, I need to follow through, you know? Yeah. 
definitely. We never know how much we can impact somebody's life. I mean, that was six years ago and I can, I don't remember exactly what she said, but I know what the message was. Um, it was, it was amazing, but there's been other times too, where like a text has come at the right time, or I read a scripture or I'm reading a book that I've just happened to bring with me. And it's like, boom, like a lightning rod, just yeah. something sticks out on me, or there's a song that I keep hearing over and over and I get in my car to drive, to go get food, to come back to the hospital and the songs on the radio, you know, all of those things. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people where like, I'm always looking for God. I'm always waiting to hear from God. I'm, I'm looking for signs. I'm looking, expecting those things. So I find them probably easier than some Mm -hmm. people because I, you're looking. Yes. Because you're looking. (laughs) Definitely. That's, that's beautiful. And, you know, I know that you take a lot of your experiences, the things that you faced and you write about them and you have a blog. So tell us about your blog and what are some of the things that you um, share there on your blog? Well, I have a blog, a special purpose life. I've wrote on it for a lot of years, just kind of as a hobby. It's something to do. Mm-hmm. I share a lot about our family, things we went through, things that maybe as far as like tips, like um, if your child's starting to wear a BiPAP, here's things that helped us that I wish somebody would have told me just to like this random story that of something that happened at Holiday World that was (laughs) insightful, Uh, you know, all kinds of things like that. That is great. And I know you've started a new series on your blog. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'm slowly churning it out like butter. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, butter's good. You know, it's got to take your time with it. It's good. I've been so swamped and I was really legalistic with my blog. Like I've got to post once a week Mm -hmm. and the last few years I've kind of slacked off and it's kind of more when I'm feeling inspired. Yeah. You got it. Jeff used to say, I I can't just churn things out. I've got to be inspired to write. So, you know, you've got to be inspired. Yes, that's right. So I'm slowly turning this out on this, the series I'm doing called God Speaks and Mm. kind of talking about the different ways God has spoken to me in the past as specifically as JC's mother and to hear when we're going through some different things. And so is there anything in particular, like what's the the most recent thing you've written about in this series? Um, I've done two parts so far. I've done one on how God uses other people to talk to you, Mm. kind of how we just went through with Amanda. And then my first post was on dreams. I sometimes get spiritual dreams and I, God can speak to me through that. So those are kind of, I always like to hear those from other people and kind of hear those perspectives and what they uh, Mm -hmm. had downloaded from God. And so hopefully somebody likes reading it about mine. And you've also written a book. You have a book out called um, Badges of Motherhood. So tell us what Badges of Motherhood is and and explain the title a little bit. Well, I knew I wanted to kind of write a book about things we've been through. And I knew I did not want to write chapter one, she's born. And kind of do like a chronological type story. Yes, I knew I didn't want to do that. And I was thinking about how I wanted to do it. And then I thought back to a long time before I wrote the book about how I did this sermon on a Sunday night at the church I was attending at the time. I 
sewed together a sash for myself and I made these little badges. So like I had the first aid badge and I talked about some first aid care that I give JC, like her medicines and nebulizer and that kind of thing. And I talked about a courage badge, how I have courage, but then like the badge loses its stickiness and falls off and mm -hmm. I don't know where it is. And, yeah. and so I kind of did a sermon about that. And so like one day it just hit me and I felt like that was God speaking to me, like, uh, do, do your book, like the badges. I'm like, oh yeah, duh. That was, this <laughs> seems obvious now. So that's what it is. Each chapter is a badge. It, it doesn't go in chronological order, but, um, kind of somewhat sequential. So I guess you can sort of follow along with the story, but I kind of go through her diagnosis and, and her birth story and, and all the things that happen with special needs. And yeah. so what are some of the badges? I know you said courage. What are some of the first aid? What are some of the other badges that you write um, about? I did the diagnosis badge. I, the IEP badge, stress, yeah. <laughs> miscarriage. I talk about that. There's, there's a whole bunch, um, baptism. I know I talked about her make a wish trip and the wish badge. So all kinds oh, of things, some lighthearted, some kind of heavy Yeah, I tried not to make the whole book kind of heavy, but yeah. So I went and read on the Amazon description of your book, uh, that you share in the book, you share about parenting a child through many trips to the emergency room and admissions to the hospital about how those things impacted you spiritually, emotionally, and physically. So I'd love to just break that down and talk a little bit about that because for those families who experience that, they know what that feels like when you're in and out of the hospital all the time or you that stress level. But for others who don't, I don't think that if you don't live that life, it's hard, there's, it's hard for you to understand how the stress of those times really impact you. So how did those times impact you spiritually? Well, there's the obvious ones that probably a lot of people deal with, like, where's God? Um, right. is, is God good? God says he's good. This does not feel good. So mm -hmm. I've had to work through all that. And of course, God is good. And not everything happens is because it's God's will. Right. Um, some terrible things happen because we live in a broken world and sinful world. So uh, I've had to work through a lot of that. I've been totally, completely lost on how to pray, especially when she was first born. I was never really in the special needs world um, so intense. So there was these thoughts and people coming at me of God made her this way, embrace it. This is a gift to you need to pray against this and pray against the Down syndrome and do this. I was so confused. I did not know. It. And that's mm. like, what do I believe? What right. is this? Where is my stance on this? And it, honestly, it confused me so much. I just stopped praying for a long time because mm. I, on, on that specific area, because I didn't understand how to pray. Mm -hmm. So there's just so many things to work through. And then when your kid's just like constantly getting sick and you don't understand why the doctors can't seem to get a good grasp mm -hmm. on it, it's just is a beating down of the spirits. Mm -hmm. uh, it can, it's a really easy time for Satan to come in and really give you a lot of thoughts that are not Christ centered or, or centered in the truth. When you're broken down and you're exhausted and you're stressed out, that's a really easy time to be deceived in some areas. And so I've had to deal with a lot of that. And what are some things, did you put some things in place to help you navigate through, um, those, those times when you were feeling just so vulnerable and so under attack? 
almost. Well, I have some people in my life that are good sounding boards. My parents are one of them. I mean, they'll tell me like, you've just got too much stress. Like you need to pray or, <laughs> well, that thought's not from God. What are mm -hmm. you thinking that for? Yeah. So I, I can be completely honest with them and they can kind of, they're a good uh, check for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and then of course, just my own time reading in the word praying is is just so key to mm -hmm. if I don't do that, things get worse. I might tell myself I'm tired. I don't have time to read my Bible or I can't, I don't like have the mental capability mm -hmm. of processing these verses, but that's just, it, it's going to be worse if I don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how did it impact you emotionally? I never really knew stress until my daughter was born. Yeah. And I honestly, I grew up if easy, <laughs> easy breezy. Wow. It was just any, any problem I thought I had before this seems just so, so, so small, but yeah, I, I've dealt with stress. Like I never had before and getting kind of into that physically of just my muscles getting so yes. tight, my body being so tight, even to the point where for a time, my left arm was numb mm. and that's when I had to go to the doctor. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't feel like I would grasp a cup and I would know how to squeeze wow. on it like a styrofoam cup. I was like, I think I need to go see the doctor. So something now. is definitely amiss here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And and I and I really didn't connect all the dots at the time, mm -hmm. but the stress came out in my body. And now that I've been through this for a number of years, I recognize it. Sometimes not probably as quickly as I should, but I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I know my body feels different. I'm more stressed than I realize or care to recognize. Mm -hmm. um, anxiety. I've never dealt with that before, uh, but I have now. Right. There is just, I wish I didn't deal with it. I wish I didn't know what it was. It's, it's a hard battle to get out of once you're in it again, like I was dealing with so much of just keeping up with her medications and she was nonverbal and the doctor's appointments and the medical bills, just so much pressure. And so feeling that responsibility, like mm -hmm. her life depends on me. Yeah, She doesn't get her medication. If she turns blue and I don't catch it, that's on me because mm -hmm. I'm her caregiver. And that just is a, is a, place where lots of things can brew and grow that don't need to be. And yeah. so anxiety has been something I've, I've been dealing with and mm -hmm. trying to get a handle on, um, you know, like I had kind of mentioned earlier about not wanting to kind of take a look at things and recognize mm -hmm. how bad they are and just being like, oh, I don't want to think about that. And, and I think that's how it kind of stress and anxiety right. for me just grew out of proportion and, and basically got out of control for a while. Yeah. And so then it impacted you physically because you were so stressed. Yes. You know? <laughs> but I think in time we do start to, to see those triggers and see those things that, um, and can have some different things, you know, that it can help each one of us. For me, it's going to be different than what's going to work for you, you know, to help kind of calm those situations down in our mind and, and to rem be reminded of God's truth. Um, but it's th the weight of responsibility that you feel when you feel like you have somebody's life, that you are re responsible for their life, it is overwhelming. 
so that we, I know there are so many parents out there who live in that, that place um, and don't have a relationship with God to go to when, when they're feeling that. And, and I can't imagine that. Can you, can you imagine not having, knowing that, that God has got you, even though it seems like things are out of control. I can't imagine. Oh, definitely. Yes. That's so true. So, well, I know that you, you mentioned earlier that you are also a pediatric speech and language pathologist. And so you are in the special needs world all the time. I mean, like this is, so how does, how does your, um, your life as a special needs mom then play over into your role as a therapist? I know for me as a mom, I'd be like, okay, she's going to get it because she lives it every day. So share a little bit about what you do in your life um, and that part of you uh, in your role. Yeah. A lot of people, when they meet me, they say, what came first, your daughter or your degree? And my degree came first. And I don't know why I wanted to be a speech pathologist. Mm. I wasn't a kid who went to speech. Right, <laughs> That's right. what you hear a lot of. Well, I went to speech and I liked it, you know, as yeah. a kid. That, that wasn't me, but I started off wanting to be a teacher. That's what my mom was. I'm in a small community. There's not many jobs besides teaching, right. um, but so I started off with that. My mom's like, I don't know. I don't think you should do that. And then speech therapy was rolling around in my head. And, and I just finally pulled the trigger and went that way. And I'm so glad I did. Cause it fits my personality so much better. Uh, I didn't realize that about myself, but I don't like big groups of children. I like the one-on-one or the one-on-one two. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's so much more of my personality, but I just, know and recognize that was God leading me there. I don't know how people parent without a degree. I'm so (laughs) thankful for my degree. (laughs) Uh, It can be a blessing and it can be a curse. Mm -hmm. So she's had, when she was a toddler, she had a lot of trouble with eating and textures and swallowing. And so it was so stressful three times a day, trying to feed this child who wanted to throw up on all these textures that I was trying to just move her along. And just even something like getting her off the bottle with her low muscle tone. I was going through finding webinars or or classes I could Mm -hmm. take. Webinars probably weren't around back then, but classes I had to take in person to try to learn. and, And I had a basic knowledge, but even... I didn't have a lot of years under my belt as a speech pathologist when she was born. So I had some things that I knew I should go seek out this website or this person to kind of help me through it. So, and that part of it is a blessing. The part that was a curse was early on just seeing things in her that were red flags mm-hmm. or that were right that I knew were we're not good indicators. And mm-hmm. sometimes I would share that with my husband and he would say, well, I never looked at it like that. And don't, don't tell me that again. You're ruining things. Oh goodness. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I just want to enjoy her. And it was hard for me mm-hmm. to shut that part of my brain off, mm-hmm. especially when she was young. I struggled. I wish I could have a do over with that because I was just so therapy focused and like, we've got to do this, this, and this and yeah. work on this. And I finally learned like, it's okay not to be working with her all the time. I wish I would have learned that a lot sooner, but for that reason, I feel like I am a little bit better therapist. I'm probably more relaxed than some because Mm -hmm. I really do try to look at what the family wants and how stressed out are you? How much of a priority is this for you? Do you want a week off of therapy? Okay. Don't 
feel bad about that. It's okay. The earth is not going to end over one missed therapy session. So I think that's great because I know early on when my son was little, um, you know, there was a difference between the therapist who had kids and the ones who didn't have kids, you know, the ones who had kids had a little bit, even though if they weren't special needs kids, they kind of had a little bit more grace for those days that you just needed a day off. And uh, so I know that the families you work with are thrilled to have you as their therapist because you get it and you understand. So I know you also um, co-direct your special needs ministry at your church. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, we're we're from a small area here, but we do have quite a big church for the area. My, I mean, like the towns around here have 500, 300,000 people. That's the towns, you know, it's small. I don't have a Walmart in my County. Okay. Wow. That is small. Yeah, that is small. (laughs) Yes, it is. We have a couple of dollar stores, but we have to go out of the County to go to a Walmart. Wow. I know it is. It's tough living here. It's a tough life there. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, uh, but our church has grown. Um, we have anywhere from six to 900 people. I mean, who knows what these wow. kinds of numbers. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So we, our church is, is moving and growing and we started a special needs ministry a few years ago because my daughter and a few other children needed to move up and go to big church and really weren't prepared for that. Yeah. Uh, cognitively, intellectually, we're not ready to sit in a church and understand what it is. So I got approached about doing it at first. I said no, because I didn't, I needed an area where I, I wasn't in right. special needs in church. Right so far uh, was one of those places. Now, before that, like I would serve in different rooms and if there was a kid with behavior or delays, I would kind of get paired up with Mm -hmm. them and kind of help out when people had questions, but to be committed to doing that all the time, I wasn't sure if I wanted to, but things just kind of worked out and me and my friend Brandy uh, co-directed and we just have our service back in the kids area for the children with special needs that are a little bit older and uh, yeah, we're learning every week from it. (laughs) That's great. Well, it sounds like your life is full and you are a super busy mom. And uh, I am just, I'm grateful that you were able to take a few minutes out of your busy day to have this conversation with me. And we will make sure to include in the show notes, the link to your website and to your book so people can find you and Uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for giving up your time this afternoon to have this conversation with me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.